This is Lampshade Media Presents Live! Hello, hello listeners. Today, I have decided what the world needs from Lampshade Media is a compilation episode. Uh, This is not because I am lazy, and this is not because I can't create new content. This is because I really, truly feel that this is what the world needs. And as I thought about a compilation, I thought, you know what I miss is fucking live shows in my goddamn living room. I miss them so much. So reliving this with you is bringing me great joy. So I went through and I picked three different house shows and I picked three different people from each individual house show. And what you're about to hear kind of spans the the first year of uh, the Lampshade Media house shows. Olivia Smith has become a very, very dear friend of mine. She's so, so fucking funny and smart. And I just can't tell you how much I appreciate her sense of humor. So it brings me a great joy and great pleasure to uh, to show you this uh, from our very second show ever in my living room. So yeah, this is Olivia Smith. Hello, everyone. This is so high up. Really nailing it so far, Mel, am I right? No, just kidding. Um, hi, what's up? It's Olivia. It is hot girl summer and I am sweaty, you guys. <laughs> I am hot, the weather is so hot. I'm probably gonna blow it in the bathroom later. It's that hot, like it's so bad. Um, my name's Olivia. God, this, we're all in this living, I haven't seen this many people gathered in a living room since I was in youth group in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Part of me feels like we're all going to start praying. <laughs> so let's not do that. Um, I'm Olivia. Uh, I recently got my eyebrow double pierced, uh, mainly because I just like want men to stop talking to me. <laughs> like, can't you tell I'm gay, you know? Um, my mom asked me, she was like, did that hurt? And I said, yes. And she said, if the first one hurt, why'd you get the second one? I was like, you had three C-sections. Like, what are you talking about, you know? Like, back off, right? Um, uh, Speaking of kids, I I don't want kids. They kind of scare me. Like, they're really cute and they're really fun, but they're also terrifying. Um, A, nothing should be able to bounce that much. But B, (laughs) B, I was talking to this five-year-old, and I was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, a truck driver. It's like a truck driver, five years old. Like what a young age to be so interested in sex trafficking, right? Like that is so strange. (laughs) That's a rough one. Um, I also, I also like, at what age do you tell a child that them and everyone they know and love will die one day? That's a legitimate question that I have. Someone once told me six months, years, therapy sessions, like six what, you know? That doesn't help me at all. Um, 
Speaking of children, I, I was listening to the radio and I flipped to a channel that was playing a Once Upon a Child commercial, but I flipped to it like half a second after it started, so all I heard was Pawn a Child. <laughs> like, I guess that's one way to pay rent. I don't know. It <laughs> seems a little drastic. Um, God damn. I, was, uh, I drove here, because not to brag, but I can drive. Um, <laughs> I, um, I'm not going to tell my mom about the small fender bender I got on earlier today where I fucked up my license plate, but my mom is in the audience, so she now knows about the small fender bender I got in this morning I fucked up my license plate. I was, I was driving here, and some like weird shit happened. First of all, I was driving with my windows down because I'm carefree, and um, some litter flew into my open window into my car. I'm sorry, but what kind of cosmic bullshit is that, right? Like someone else litters and now it's my problem? Now it's on my plate? Like is this some sort of like God, like, I don't know, God punishing me for cheating on my high school boyfriend? Like, keep up God, we're on good terms now, you know? God damn. Uh, so I saw a couple weird things too while driving here. I saw, um, I saw a license plate commemorating the War of 1812. Um, like what, did you serve, you know? Like why, why do you have that? Um, but my favorite thing that I saw on the way here was a bumper sticker on someone's car. And I shit you not, it said verbatim, um, what are we gonna do about grandpa? On a <laughs> Like, I don't know about you, but I think that's a conversation you should have with your family, right? Like, don't put it on your... Like, honk once for nursing home. Like, honk twice for the pillow. Ooh. I, it's getting dark. We're going there, and it's going to be great, y'all. Oh, don't pretend like all of you are like, I don't know, once I hit 80, just, like, put me down. Like, come on, that, ha that can't be just me. Like, I'm just kidding. I'm... Guys, I'm kidding. <laughs> we all know I won't make it past 40. Like, let's be honest. Um, wow. So I, um, I'm a cleaning lady. My job, I'm a cleaning lady, uh, which is great because I love to steal. So it works out really well. Um, I, uh, I was cleaning this couple's house, and they had like five or six framed pictures of the husband getting his PhD and not a single photo of their child. <laughs> now, to be fair, I'm not judging them at all because as far as I'm concerned, that's correct, you know? Like, it is very hard to get your PhD, right? It is not very hard to get a child. F first of all, playgrounds, but second of all, uh, <laughs> second of all, it's so easy to get a child that people do it accidentally, right? Right? When was the last time you heard of someone accidentally getting their PhD? No, there's no one out there like, I don't know, man, the condom broke and now I have tenure. It's the craziest thing. Like, that doesn't happen. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, um... My lovely family is here tonight in the front row. Um, so I'm not nervous at all. <laughs> uh, it's okay, I've talked about having a man come on my chest in front of my mother and father, so I think we're good. 
I was on stage. I wasn't just like, hey, mom, dad, guess what happened to me? Like, it was for comedy, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I wasn't like, wanna hear about my night? Like, no, no, no. That would ruin family dinner for sure. But um, my growing up, my family was very into country music, so I listened to a ton of country music. Um, and I don't like it anymore, because I got something called uh, Taste, I would say it's called. But, uh, oh. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't listen to country music anymore, but I still know all the lyrics. So now I hear a Toby Keith song and it just like activates the winter soldier in me, you know? <laughs> it's like, Uncle Sam, put your name. And I'm like ready to comply. Like, <laughs> they're just so, they're just so goddamn patriotic in country music. And I'm like, why? Like, what are you so proud of? Like, like okay, does this ever happen to you? Are you ever accidentally patriotic? Does that ever happen to you? Like where you go out of the house and you look down and you're like, oh, I'm wearing red, white, and blue. And I didn't even like realize, like, I guess I got to enlist, you know? But um, it, happened. it would happen to me all the time when I lived on OSU campus, like during Buckeye games. Like I would go out on a Saturday and be like, oh shit, everyone's wearing scarlet and gray and so am I. Like, what a clinky dink. And I don't, I, I don't want that to make it sound like I'm not into football. I'm very into football. I, I really love it, actually. I'm super into brain damage, so it's really my favorite sport. I'm here to talk about the real issues, you guys. 99% of retired NFL players have CTE, but we don't need to talk about it anymore. <laughs> uh, um, that, like... Buckeye Pride kind of, Ohio Pride astounds me, I'll say. Like, Buckeye Pride, I'm like, sure, if that's your school, that's awesome. But Ohio Pride kind of confuses me. Now, this is coming from a girl who has the outline of Ohio tattooed on her body. I've grown since then. But um, I just, like, people, Ohio versus the world, right? There's those homage shirts, Ohio versus the world. You want to take on the world? We can't even take on opioids, you guys. Like, chill out with that, right? Like, my God. That is a lot to take on. <laughs> I had um fuck I had Taco Bell earlier today and I do not feel good, you guys. But well, I haven't had Taco Bell in like so long. I think my body's just not used to it. Like, oh my god. I I feel like the last time I had Taco Bell was like, oh my god, like Wednesday. Like it's been so long that I'm just not used to it anymore. But uh no, I, I do love Taco Bell. I once went on um, a Taco Bell bender. That's where you eat it every day for a week. There gets to be a point in a Taco Bell bender when you're eating Taco Bell while shitting Taco Bell. And when you, when you can look yourself in a mirror and realize you've become nothing more than a quesarito basketball hoop, you know you need to make some life ch changes, right? It's pretty bad at that point. Um, so I, uh, I'm bisexual, um, or as I call it, diet gay, um, which, which means, which means that I like women and have disappointing sex with men. That's what bisexual means. Sometimes I'm like, dude, it is a clitoris, not a scratch-off ticket, right, ladies? Am I right? I know you haven't cleaned your fingernails in six months. Like, get that shit away from me. 
a big old yeast infection waiting to happen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All the men in the room are not amused. And the ladies are like, oh, hell yeah! (laughs) Um, No, I'm bisexual, so... um, I do things like get really high at 3 a.m. and accidentally subscribe to a premium membership to a lesbian dating app. Uh, I wish that was a joke because I would have $12 that I, that I do not have right now. Um, this lesbian dating app, it likes to send you these little messages of, it basically conversation starters that you can use. It suggests intros to start conversations. This lesbian dating app wanted me to start a conversation with another lesbian by saying, when do you think is the right time to move in with your partner? (laughs) Jesus Christ, you guys. (laughs) This is why stereotypes exist, right? And for any of you in the room who don't know the stereotype, um, I say we have some gay people. No, I'm just kidding. It's true, I go to queer crowds and they love that joke and then straight clouds just like stare at me. Um, But for any of you who don't know the stereotype of the U-Haul lesbian, um, I'll just explain it to you this way. That would be like if J-Date, the Jewish dating app, was like, here's five cheap date ideas. You know, like it's really leaning into it. It's just not appropriate. It's not appropriate. Um, I came out um, as bi about a year and a half ago, um, which is funny because my best friend was like, you've been seeing girls for like two years on Tinder, and I'm like, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, my coming out story, like my the process of coming out for me was almost like, I guess like, have you ever felt too supported? You know what I mean? Like I have the kind of mom who... I could run a money laundering scheme and she would be like, she has always been so good at math, you know? Like, like sometimes I want her to tell me she's disappointed in me as like a palate cleanser, right? Um, like smelling coffee after a perfume, you know? Um, I, like, okay, so I told my two older sisters that I was bisexual. Um, I um, texted them because I am afraid of human interaction in real life. So I texted them and I said, hey, I just want you to know I'm bisexual. And one of them goes, oh cool, me too. <laughs> so like, even my fucking sexuality is a hand-me-down, which <laughs> is bullshit. <laughs> like, I just want to be unique, you know? <laughs> the youngest of three girls just look at me, damn it. Why do you think I do this? <laughs> Um, I am um, not very good at romance, which I'm sure is a big shocker to all of you, but it doesn't work out well for me. I get very very jealous pretty easy. Like I was dating this guy and um, he took me to this party, right? And he would not stop talking to this other girl the entire night, the whole night. As soon as we left the party, I dumped him. I'm like, I don't play these games, we're over. He was like, Olivia, that was a family reunion. But like, I'm like, I don't care if she's your cousin. I know you think she's hotter than me, you know? Like, fuck that. 
Um, I get you. I, know. I I get attached quickly. It's just like I have a whole lot of issues. Like I'll make out with some guy in the bathroom of a bar, and then walk out on the street and Google like how to open up a joint account. Like it's just too fast. <laughs> I can't take it slow. Um, the worst thing to me about dating is the stupid advice everyone gives you. Right. First of all, they like to say, uh, just wait, just wait, and the right person will come along. Just stop looking. Which is like the only time in which passivity is considered a good advice. Like imagine giving that advice to anyone in any other situation, right? Like, listen, I know you want this bone marrow transplant, but you're acting kind of desperate for it. Like, like, just relax and the right donor will come along. Like, hopefully before you're dead. Like, it's not, it's not cute. Um, and the other thing people say is there's plenty of fish in the sea, right? You hear that all the time. There's plenty of fish in the sea. Do you know what else is in the sea? Billions of pounds of trash. And I am just, apparently that was a slow burn, but I liked it. Um, and I am just an anxious little duckling covered in oil with a shopping bag tied around my neck waiting for someone to come along with some scissors and some Dawn dish soap and some positive affirmation, right? I don't think that's too much to ask, personally, but apparently it is. Um, so, romance doesn't work out for me, but, um, you know, I do all right. Like, not to brag, but I did recently get chlamydia, so... <laughs> that's right, I fuck. Uh, <laughs> Irresponsibly, apparently. Um, yeah, I got um, chlamydia. And people say that, people say, you know, the hardest part of any STD is having to tell all your previous partners to go get checked, right? I thought it was a very easy process. I made a group chat. And uh, it, it was just so easy, painless, got it over with real quick. The reason that I um, got chlamydia, the reason I've been you know, sleeping around so much is because I recently downloaded Tinder. We all know Tinder, right? Uh, great app, right? Ladies, we get the best messages on there, am I right? Right? Uh, like this one guy messaged me and he was like, you must be an elevator because I want to go down on you. And I was like, oh, that's charming. <laughs> uh, so I was like, well, you must be a yeast infection because you've made me uncomfortable and I want you nowhere near my vagina. Uh, this other guy, uh, in, his, in his profile, it said, um, one hop this time, right foot, two stomps. And then it said, if you don't know where that's from, we can't be friends. <laughs> I really saw this, you got. We all know that's from the cha-cha slide, right? Like, no... Who was he trying to weed out, you know? Like, what kind of person? Like, is he just not interested in anyone who's ever been to, like, a sixth grade dance? Or, I don't, I don't know. Um, Tinder's great. My favorite thing I've ever seen on Tinder, though, was this guy who, um, in his profile, said that he was anti-slavery. Yeah. I'm like, it is 2019. Fucking finally, you know what I mean? Because, ladies, it is so hard to find a good abolitionist these days. Am I right or am I right? There's just nowhere to be found. All the good abolitionists are either gay or taken, you know? Um, 
Um, um, I'll do a couple more and get out of here. Uh, I was driving, once again, another fun, exciting story from Olivia being able to drive. Um, I saw this billboard and it said, why not renter's insurance? It was like a State Farm billboard. And I'm like, why not? <laughs> because unless you can play, pay for that shit in plasma, like, I cannot afford that, right? <laughs> like, and what do I have to insure? Like, I have two porn couches from the 70s and three vinyl records for which I don't even have a vinyl player, you know? Like, I, like for, to put it into perspective, my aunt and uncle recently lost their house in the California wildfires. It was terrible. They lost all their belongings, all their memories. It was horrible. Um, and if my apartment complex burned down right now, I would be out like 50 bucks and two cats. <laughs> Which is only like 80 bucks in total, you know? Like, it's not that bad. It's really not bad. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and leave you with this, though. Um, my favorite fun fact is that Jay-Z's album, we all know Jay-Z, the rapper, his album, The Blueprint, came out on September 11th, 2001. That's true. Uh, my only question about that, though, is like, what time do you think? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, at what point during that day was he like, we're being attacked by terrorists right now. Do you know what we need? Shaboy! <laughs> right? <laughs> like, oh, you're covered in debris? Just go and dust your shoulder off. Thanks, guys. I've been Olivia Smith. Give it up for your host, Mel. Time for Livia. Yeah. <laughs> Olivia Smith is such a fucking treasure. So next up on our on our wonderful, wonderful compilation episode, the first ever non-original episode that I have ever produced for this podcast, I'll have you know, is Peter Breck, the man of a few voices that are really fucking great. <laughs> if you go back and listen to the episode, uh, the interview that I did with Peter, uh, he does talk about these. Like, I'm not like I don't do a ton of impersonations. I just do these ones. And uh, but he's so he's so good and he's so funny. He's like uh, the the comparison that I that I always hear about him and hear people make about him is is to Jim Carrey, which is so fantastic. And it makes sense. So give this a listen and then go back and listen to the interview. Uh, so much fun. We have such a great time. And Peter Breck is fucking hilarious. So without further ado, here is Peter Breck. Come on in. Yeah, you warm enough? All right. All right. All right. I got 30 minutes on this. This is a good bit. I love it. Uh, uh, Man, all right. My name is Peter Brick, and uh, I'm a weird guy. And if I had to just uh, sum my personality up with one specific breed of dog, it would be a greyhound because I'm skinny, fast, and small birds do not take me as seriously as I would like them to. <laughs> yeah, they can take me, and they know it. <laughs> ah. I don't know. I, I just need to look tougher, right? Everybody just needs to look tougher. I think everybody would leave each other alone if everybody just looked super tough. <laughs> right? Every, it'd just be everybody too scared to fight. Just... 
Which is why you got to get tattoos. You got to get a bunch of tattoos. I want to get tattoos, but I don't know what tattoo to get because that's on you forever. It's like a self-inflicted birthmark, you know? There's <laughs> no getting rid of that. And I don't know what to do. Some people have this problem. They'll just go into the tattoo shop, just pick an artist whose style they like, tell them, hey, just do whatever you think fits my personality. Artist just looks at him and is like, all right, and puts Mr. Rogers on a right in the back of a great white shark, and he's uh, uppercutting a T-Rex. <laughs> right. There's a banner under there that just says, hi, neighbor. <laughs> oh, man. I'm afraid I'll go into the tattoo shop, though, and the guy's just going to look at me and he's like, I'm putting eat, pray, love on your knuckles. <laughs> I'm like, all right, okay, all right. Can I get thug life on my stomach like Tupac, though? <laughs> Like, you're not Tupac, I'm putting good listener. <laughs> all right. Okay, all right. Can I get badass mofo underneath my collarbones? Putting little spoon forever. Uh, all right, all right. Okay. All right, okay. Well, I did say you could do whatever you want. <laughs> Tattoos are ambiguous, too, and they're symbology, you know? That's a word I learned last week. And, uh, you know, they could mean anything. I don't know what a tattoo means. It could mean anything. You know, you could see a guy with five skulls running across his chest. Each one of them's got a barbed wire crown, and they're breathing fire. Was, Dude, what's that? What's up with that? What does that mean? What's that all about? And he's like, oh, this is my wife, three kids, and dog. <laughs> I love them very much. <laughs> love them very much. <laughs> And then you see a guy at the gym, he's got My Little Pony in sleeves all up his arms, like, hey, what's that all about? Each one's a kill. <laughs> like, blah. <laughs> That's a noise I make when I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Just a gentle but firm announcement that you've crossed my personal boundaries. <laughs> And I use that as often as I possibly can, <laughs> especially at the gym. You know, I go to the gym. I want to work out. I want to work out in front of the mirrors. I want to exert myself. And I want to know that work's getting done. <laughs> but other people want to work out in front of the mirrors as well. <laughs> Sometimes it's elbow to elbow. And I don't like that. <laughs> so I'll do my bicep curls and just little, little subtle verbal cue. <laughs> clears them right out. Clears them right out. <laughs> I do get kicked out all the time, though. <laughs> I get kicked out all the time. Because you got some gyms you're not supposed to make noises at, you know, like Planet Fitness. It's the library of gyms. <laughs> not slamming it, though. Not slamming it. It's nice. It's nice. I like libraries, and I do like gyms. But, uh, I get kicked out all the time, not for grunting or yelling, but I get kicked out because I keep pretending to be Moaning Myrtle. Uh, the ghost girl from the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, yeah, just going around. Well, I'm Moaning Myrtle. There's a basilisk in the men's locker room. I always skip leg day because I don't have any legs. Just a wispy little tail. <laughs> and there's no machine for that.
Some bro's just like, hey, man, you've been on the bench press for a while. Mind if I work in? <laughs> Swirl around him. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me to spot you. <laughs> the bar will go right through my cold, dead, adolescent hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's my overall vibe. Uh, <laughs> some of you are like, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> I don't know what to do with me. So <laughs> we're on even ground there. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm 29. I'm 29 looking down the barrel of 30. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm, It's interesting, I'm excited, but I also look back, I'm just like, mm, could have done that better. <laughs> My 20s. And uh, yeah, but I think, I feel like that might be normal. That might be normal. My, I'm getting some nods, I'm getting some no, you blew it, you blew it. <laughs> Fair enough, I cannot object to that. <laughs> I'm working as a janitor right now, that's fine. And... Uh, it's not the uh, adrenaline-injecting career I wanted. I wanted to be a firefighter. I actually went to school for that for a little bit, got certified, and then I figured out, I'm not into this. I'm not into this. It's a little high stress. You know? But that's all right, because, you know, it's good that I found out during firefighting school instead of just first day on the job, huge structure fire, just walk in. Wow, this isn't me. <laughs> this isn't my truth. <laughs> this isn't sparking joy. <laughs> Unlike the obvious arson job that this is. <laughs> All right, guys, you got this. Slay the dragon. I'm going to Europe. All right. <laughs> walk out. It's getting toasty. That's how I walk around a lot, just like this. That's probably caused a lot of trouble in my 20s. Just inattentive to body language. I'll do it at parties, too, you know, because I don't know what to do with my arms at a party. What do you do? Like... It's like you're getting ready for an Olympic dive. What's going on here? What's going on here, you know? <laughs> you can't do the wacky arm inflatable thing, right? <laughs> it's too much. So I found out that if I'm uncomfortable at a party and I want to put out a certain vibe, I stand in the corner, bend at the elbow, and fold in at the wrist. <laughs> and then I dart my head around like I'm looking for insects. You'll ask yourself, Peter, why would you ever do that at a party? I'll tell you why, because if you do that, nobody's gonna bother you. <laughs> nobody's gonna bother you. Nobody. They're gonna nobody's gonna be like, hey, let's go talk to that guy. Like, oh my god, he's building a cocoon. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like that one guy from the X-Files kept jumping out of the air vents. Yeah. It's a dated reference, but it's spot on. <laughs> Where did he get that much paper mache? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's weird how we call homeless people homeless. Just kind of boil them down to their living situation. 
because we don't do that to anybody else. You never talk with your friends. Like, yeah, I was walking down the street and the studio apartment guy came up to me. <laughs> Asked me if I had any spare square footage to give him. <laughs> I was like, well, you, you know you can't give him any because they're just going to use it for a walk-in closet, right? <laughs> you know that, right? They say it's for the kitchen. It's for the walk-in closet. <laughs> it's important to be charitable, though. You know, I want to be more generous. I want to do good. Uh, that's why I want to start a nonprofit where I find people that are uh, bullies, and then I just nail them in the face with a potato cannon. <laughs> you know, call it Taters for Haters. <laughs> taters for Haters. It's good. It's good. I like it. You know, just roll up on him in my 96 Accord. Hey, what? Chess club says hi. Thump. <laughs> Double tap him as I drive away. The first potato is an Idaho hello. The last one's an Irish goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm a show pony. I love, I love attention, but not too much. Mm -mm. And uh, I like going to the barber because I could cut my own hair, but then who would look at me? Uh, <laughs> so I go to the barber a lot and I go in and uh, it's really weird for them because I just go in and I loiter. Yeah, I don't get a haircut. <laughs> it's very frustrating for them. Because <laughs> I'm working with a lot of material here. <laughs> and they're just giving like a bald guy a buzz cut. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Went to barber school for this. That man over there, I'd run my clippers through that Farrah Fawcett field of fever dreams. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, that's a good sales pitch. I like that little intense for great clips, but okay. <laughs> I just sit down in the chair. If you're listening to the podcast, I have long hair. And <laughs> I feel like that's important. It's like, I'm missing something. <laughs> and I just sit down in the chair, and they're like, all right, man, finally, I've got you in here. It's been three months. What do you want? <laughs> And I just look them dead in the eye. Extensions. <laughs> they chase me out with a broom. <laughs> to which I revert to Moaning Myrtle. Woo! I don't know. Ghosts are weird. I don't know. I don't, I don't think they exist. I, <laughs> I'm not I don't know. I was, uh, I went. <laughs> yeah. I went and got coffee, and my friend was working at the coffee place, and we're just talking. I'm like, hey, how you're moving in this new place? And she's like, she's like no, I'm in the same place. Like, oh, how, how is that? It's like, it's okay. It's a bit small. It's definitely haunted, and the neighbors are loud. <laughs> like, hey, hold up. What was that second one? <laughs> what was the second? <laughs> you really breezed through that. Could you? Sorry about your loud neighbors. What? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, it's definitely haunted. Like, 100%. Like, I don't even, I didn't even believe in that, and it's, yep. <laughs> like, well, what it, what's happening? So, there's been a number of mornings where I wake up, and there's just little black footprints on the ceiling. Like, child-sized. 
Okay. <laughs> well, I won't be over for board game night. <laughs> I'm sure you understand. Good luck with that. I'm sure there's something in your lease that you could use that to break. <laughs> More than expected tenants. I don't know. <laughs> It'd be crazy if you just look up and there's just a child with their feet on the ceiling, Spider-Man style, and just like, hello. <laughs> like, and they've got no eyes. Like, hypothetically, I'm just assuming this ghost kid has no <laughs> eyes. <laughs> so they just have to sniff for you, you know? Just like. <laughs> oh, I know you're there. I can smell you. Too much cologne. All right. <laughs> the apartment's yours now. <laughs> I don't like kids anyway. I do like kids, though. I like kids. I like them a lot. Uh, I don't have any, but I like them. I like them a lot. I live with a, in a three-story house uh, in Victorian Village with two different married couples. Each one of them has a baby. It's like a sitcom, you know? I'm just like, <laughs> it's a sitcom. Each family's got a floor. <laughs> and I'm just like the guy who's just like, yeah! I'm just like, <laughs> walking into the room. <laughs> I'm fun. <laughs> but uh, they will regularly get me to babysit their kids, and I don't know what first impression I gave off to where that was a good idea. Because <laughs> I get bored, you know? just like, all right, this has been cool, but you're done eating, and I can't throw this ball to you anymore. Uh, I put in Thomas the Tank Engine, diapers are over there, and I left the stovetop on in case you want to make something. <laughs> it's a gas stove, so no rush. Because <laughs> it, it, gas is cheaper than electric. <laughs> I am nothing if not financially responsible. <laughs> Gonna run up the bells. <laughs> oh man, 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 man. Oh, that was so much energy, and now I'm lost. <laughs> Just like mama. <sighs> Growing up, I did not know what the phrase "bust a nut" meant. Yeah. Said it anyway. <laughs> Said it anyway. Uh, middle school through high school. Uh, none of my friends corrected me. Nobody. Nobody had my back. Nobody was like, hey, did you know that actually? <laughs> Don't tell him. I want to see how far he takes this. <laughs> like, pretty far. My friends would be telling me, like, hey, Gary was talking trash about you the other day. Oh, that won't do. I'm going to bust a nut on him. <laughs> That's... Hey, don't do that. Because <laughs> I thought that was an expression of anger, you know? Like, blow a fuse! <laughs> Bust a nut. <laughs> I said in front of my dad, he's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, dad. Like, what? <laughs> you know that means ejaculate, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> Then all the instances of using it incorrectly over the years just come rushing back into my head in a tragic montage, just like, oh my gosh, no! I owe so many people an explanation, Dad. I wouldn't even bother, just go to college and reinvent yourself. You're branded now. And that's what I did, I, uh, I uh, reinvented myself into a college dropout. It has served me well. 
man. Uh, Veterans Day is Monday. Veterans Day is Monday. Any vets in here? Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. Good experience. Thumbs down. <laughs> good experience. That's good. That's good. I. <laughs> that was one of the careers that I thought about doing. <laughs> and then I realized, hey, man, remember when you weren't a firefighter because you thought it was uh, too stressful? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to predict this now. Same problem. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, like, I, my grandfather, well, he was a vet. Uh, he's gone now. And uh, I think it'd be really weird for him today to see uh, uh, war video games. <laughs> That'd be weird. Because this thing, some vets like war movies. I don't like war video games. That's got to be just, I can't imagine fighting in a war and then coming back and just a kid's playing the same war. <laughs> Like, hey, I did D-Day. <laughs> Pretty easy. <laughs> you little shit. <laughs> it's, hand it's, it's handmade wooden toys for you from now on. <laughs> Smashes the Xbox. Here's a rocking horse. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the reaction to that would be. <laughs> Vets play video games, too. Hmm. Deep thoughts. <laughs> well, I'll write that one more later. Uh, <laughs> you guys ever accidentally yelled a deaf kid? <laughs> all right, bunch of saints in here. Okay, all right. <laughs> right, because you think they're ignoring you. <laughs> no, I was working as a lifeguard, because that was another job, and uh, this kid was uh, diving into shallow water, and I had to stop in before he busts his neck. And I'm yelling, like, hey, man, don't do that. Nothing. Don't do that. Nothing. So I stand up and I just have to yell like, hey, man, don't do that. Head motion. <laughs> and then mom comes over and is like, hey, he's signing. Hey, he can't hear you. Like, oh. <laughs> okay. Interesting thing I found out with that experience. Uh, when you yell at a deaf kid, the deaf kid is never upset. <laughs> it's just everybody around the deaf kid. <laughs> is very angry with you now. <laughs> the deaf kid's the eye of the storm. <laughs> very peaceful. I mean, he caught me yelling at him. He just thought, like, like hey. <laughs> More diving. He was fine, though. Good form. Good form. I applaud that. <laughs> We're off the edge of the map now. <laughs> Man, it is cold out there. It is cold out there, and uh, my parents are texting me. Hey, are you warm enough? Are you warm? I'm 29, Mom. I pay utility bills. Yeah, I'm warm enough. <laughs> but they keep asking me. Like, they'll text me. Like, they've texted me in the summer, too. Hey, are you warm enough? Like, I think if I was Leonardo DiCaprio's character in the movie The Revenant... <laughs> Like, just dying in the, like, Yukon wilderness of hypothermia and hiding inside a dead horse for warmth. My mom would just pop up over a snowbank and be like, hey, you warm enough? <laughs> you warm enough in there? <laughs> you warm enough inside that dead horse? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Would you like another dead horse? Because <laughs> sometimes I like to layer up with dead horses. <laughs> 
no, no, mom. Third time, it's fine. It's fine, mom. Dad pops up too. Are you sure, son? Gotta stay warm at night. Sometimes I'd wake up in the middle of the night. My dad's just sitting in the room in a rocking chair in the corner. Like the lights are out, and just like, hey, you warm enough? Like, <laughs> like, oh man. Mom's just like, all right, I'm gonna get another dead horse. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. I don't know what to do at parties with the food. What's the food etiquette? You got to eat stuff, right? You got you to nourish yourself. Uh, hunter-gatherer society definitely does not uh, mesh well with a party. And, uh, and I'll leave you with this. <laughs> I fight people for food. <laughs> it's unnecessary, I admit. But I go into my best dinosaur impression, and that usually wards them off. Just... I want that cheese. Give me that cheese. <laughs> Give me that cheese. It's like, hey, man, you're making me real mad. It's like, what are you going to do? Bust a nut? And it's like, <laughs> I might. I'm just like, eh, I'm out of here. Ghost girl. Bye. So that's my overall vibe at parties. Predatory, but ultimately harmless. <laughs> Give me the cheese. Guys, thank you so much. That is my time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, good old moaning Myrtle. <laughs> Fucking character, man, this guy. All right, so that was that was Peter Breck. Yeah, check out that episode with him. We had a lot of fun. Uh, up next is uh, someone I have a great deal of respect for. Uh, Pat is incredibly smart, fucking lawyer, and all this shit. And his joke, uh, I, I'm, you know what? I don't want to spoil it if you haven't heard this before, but uh, <laughs> but his his joke about uh, about his boyfriend pediatrician uh, is absolutely slays me every fucking time i hear it and uh, i can't wait for you to listen to it it's so funny uh this is a great great set when he was on the show it was during the black lives matter protest and we had a great discussion about his involvement in those protests uh he had a lot to say and uh and and that was uh that was very very important i felt like that we were able to have that conversation because a lot of these comics are also uh you know real whole ass people with with very involved lives you know they're not just yucks over here so yeah check that episode out it's fascinating and uh you know also while we're here and while we're just chatting uh you know if you haven't uh given us a review on facebook or whatever other platform uh that you can give us a review on you know, go ahead and do so because I have some gift cards and I'm not afraid to bribe you with them. So if you give us a, a review, I don't even care if it's a shitty review. I'll send you a gift card, even if it's shitty. I'm hoping it's not because that would be a waste of this gift card for me personally. But, you know, I feel like I just have to put that out there because uh, that would be very helpful. In any case, Pat Deering is fucking hilarious. And here he is. This is Pat Deering. Thank you. Holy moly. All right, what the hell is up? Uh, what neighborhood is this? Where are we? Knowles West. Nope. Knowles <laughs> yeah. West. Are we still inside 270? Yes. 
All right, perfect, excellent. Not getting a brick thrown at me tonight, great. Oh, God, how is everybody? Enjoying the show? Excellent, love to hear it, love to hear it. Um, sorry if I appear a little tired, a little frazzled. I did some stupid shit recently. Uh, decided to go back to school because I'm a real piece of shit. Yeah, and I, I fell for it, I, I fell for it. I heard all the commercials that were all like, go back to law school. Uh, do it while working, advance your career while still pursuing your higher education goals. When is what they should have said was uh, gain 20 pounds, lose all your friends, and learn to start scheduling sex. <laughs> which, is, which is a horrific, horrific thing to think about in this day and age when my entire schedule and everything I know about my day is spit out at me from a little Google machine on my dresser. And the last thing I need is my mother-in-law to be in the house and for her to hear that I got some appointment to be laying pipe in Grandview, because she knows full well that I am not a plumber, and that I'm not handy at all, because I couldn't even help her son fix his goddamn car, and then I'm gonna have to like cover it up by making some awful drain snaking joke, and she's, she's gonna grab her son, I'm never gonna see them again. It's gonna, it'll be the fucking end of it. Uh, but yeah, um, I, uh, I recently, um, recently, I keep saying recently, it's been like three years, losing my damn mind, started seeing this guy, and it's been going great. It's been going fucking fantastic. There's like, yeah, there's like love and all that stupid shit in there, but, uh, but when we started dating, he was a med student, and I was like, fuck yeah, Pat Deering, you are set for life. This is great. You're gonna drop out of law school, you're gonna pay off all your debts in like two goddamn weeks, you can be a trophy husband, just be like you and the cat hanging out at home all day. It's gonna be wonderful. And then like, turns out that he's exactly as selfless and caring and, and perfect as I thought he was, so he's gonna be a pediatrician. Yeah, and you know who doesn't have any fucking money? Yeah, sick babies. Yeah, their march isn't even for whole dollars. I'm not paying off these student loans with fucking fistfuls of dimes. Like it's absurd. Oh God! And I was oh I was I was so invested in it too, but um and then you know he started residency uh, recently because that's what you got to do before they actually let you start you know taking care of people. And he, he gets sent out to, to Oakland, California. So now we're doing the whole long distance thing. Uh, so you can tell, yeah, I'm real stoked about that uh, because you know we're we're too totally healthy, not depressed at all, making perfect, wonderful choices, millennials. So we were like, we're gonna do it, open relationship. Yeah, yeah, so if you guys all just wanna form a line right here, um, write down your contact info, I'll get with you in about like a week and a half, not you, Mel. It'll be, it'll be, you know. But yeah, so you know, I was like, all right, fuck it, I can do this. Um, and be smart about it. And that lasted for like eight minutes, and then I downloaded like all seven of the fucking dating apps again. Like, like all at once, they all got like stuck coming into my phone, and like they all like pended at ninety-seven percent because I just I just hit the group download from the cloud. And uh, yeah, God, I forgot, y'all, I forgot how bleak it is out there. Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure you guys you guys know some of these, right? I mean, you know, straight people, you guys got Tinder, right? You know, swipey, swipey, hanky-panky. Like, it's pretty straightforward. Well, we, we've got, like, seven of the goddamn things because we have zero chill in the gay community. And they're all different. They're all, like, blown out based on body type. It's... So we got, you know, you know... <laughs> 
yeah, you're all staring at me like, explain. I'm like, yeah, I guess I should. <laughs> Tell the punchline. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, you guys you guys have heard of Grinder, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like kind of the same thing as Tinder, except you don't have to actually like match with someone before you start bugging the ever-loving shit out of them. <laughs> You just like scroll through those pictures until you find some abs. You're like, yeah, my seed would look okay on those. And boop, bingo, bongo. What up? How do it me? Hello. Then I, I'm pretty sure there was like a paid, like ad-free version of it that came with some horrifying little review feature, like Amazon style, in case you were wondering what Kyle thought of Kyle last Friday. <laughs> yeah. And these things like pin pinpoint people down to like the feet. Like, if I was to get on it right now, I could probably find someone within, like, 942 feet of this house. It's spooky fucking shit. Um, then there was, uh, there was Growler, uh, which is the exact same thing, except everyone's fat and hairy. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the Bear app. Um, and that one was more of a future investment for me, because I have a desk job and a horrible Arby's addiction, so I know where I'm going to be in, like, eight to ten years. Uh, there was Jacked, which was for all, like, the muscly gays. And then there was Scruff. Yeah. Spooky grinder. Grinder after dark. Because you see, everybody, Scruff was the one that came preloaded with all of your horrifying little fetishes. So you didn't have to waste any time typing those things out before you sent them flying off into the internet. Sorry, Mom. Yeah, there was just a checklist. Then they came out with Scruff 2.0, replaced that checklist with one of those little uh, iOS like spin wheel things they usually use to fill out your birth date. So you get real fucking liquored up on a Saturday and like just wheel of fortune that nonsense. Like, what the fuck am I into tonight? Hope it's not piss play. <laughs> just, uh, fuck. <sighs> Puppy play. Yeah, time to buy a leather net mask and never make eye contact with my father again. I did say father, not daddy. Jesus. God. And I was, and it, it was on this, you know, ladies, I feel like some of you really aren't on board with how terrifying this app was. You know that, that unwanted dick pic that you occasionally get when you're just trying to mind your own goddamn business on the internet? Yeah, well, this is the app that took that unwanted dick pic and just just brutally fucking one-upped it. Just just ripped it right off at the base. <laughs> With the unwanted and unasked for splayed butthole pick. <laughs> like it is a vile little corner of the internet. And I'm on there one night and I get the scariest fucking string of messages I've ever gotten. Uh, first one that comes rocketing right out the gate there is a, hey buddy, uh, wanna get coffee sometime? And I was like, coffee the fuck is that code for am i gonna get murdered but like you know i was pretty lonely at the time so i was like yeah i'll get stabbed either way right and don't make jokes like that your mom won't come to your comedy shows but yeah i was like all right fuck it whatever let's risk it you know maybe i wind up as somebody's skin suit maybe i don't it's a it's a fine final time we'll see I'm like, sure, yeah, coffee, where, where are we going to do it? And then he fires back, why well, live at Easton? Uh, so that works best for me. And I have never deleted an app and blocked a phone number faster in my entire goddamn life. <laughs> Can't be seen on a date at Easton. I have a reputation to uphold. And if you couldn't tell by the mustache and the zipper boots, that reputation is mountains and mountains of pretense. 
would lose all of my boulevard credentials if I ever went to East. That's street cred for gay white kids. Uh, yeah, you guys, I can't do that shit. I live on a rapidly gentrifying corner in Old Town East, across the street from a vegan bakery, uh, cat a corner to a specialty pizza shop, uh, above an independent wine dealer, and next to what I have to assume is an art gallery. <laughs> don't, don't know for certain. I just know that there is perfect lighting, beautiful drapes, and a kayak full of motor oil just right in the middle of the room. <laughs> art gallery. But yeah, um, so, you know, I fucked around on these apps for, for a bit uh, this past summer, uh, which uh, came back to, uh, to bite me in the something because, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's the first year that Capital Law School was like, hey, Pat Deering, uh, you want to you come do the Pride Parade with us? And I was like, oh, boy, I'm glad you asked. You won't be. Uh, so, so here I am on the back of the, uh, the Capital University Pride float. Uh, everybody else is in their like lawyer gear with you know, like maybe a little rainbow lapel pin, and I'm in these like knockoff fucking like shin high lesbian boots from Target because they're the only things that would fit my fit my awful boat feet. I got these like itty bitty little booty shorts that I bought off of Amazon, but I'm a cheapskate, so they came from Taiwan. And I had to get like 11 XL, and they're they're still like fraying at the sides as I'm snipped there in the float. And this like homemade cutoff crop top that says no cops in pride on it. Just like on the back of the law school float, like, hey, hey, Columbus. <laughs> you're gonna enjoy this. And there, there's only one place to keep your fucking phone when you're dressed like that. And my, my phone goes off, and I, I almost fell off the back of the float. So that was a it got me. And I <laughs> this thing out, like, hello, and it's my doctor. And I was like, oh, this is weird. I just saw her yesterday. And she's like, hey, dipshit, uh, guess what? Chlamydia. <laughs> yep, yep. Don't get uh, tested the day before Pride because you could find out that you have an STD in the middle of Pride. <laughs> yeah, bad, uh, bad news. Really put a damper on the weekend. Um, but I, unfortunately, grew up in a tiny, shitty, rural little fuckhole in Ohio, so uh, my sex ed was uh, subpar. <laughs> so I hear chlamydia and I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna die, right? <laughs> this is it, like this is the one that gives you like those festering dick craters and like your brain falls out, right? Cause that's all of them, they all do that. So I, I'm just like, oh fuck. And she's like, well, you know, the, the clinic closes about three. Like you just, you know, you gotta come in and get some pills. And I leapt off the back of that float. Like just, we're, we're, we're on Broad Street, just passing high. And I, I like leapt off the back of the goddamn thing and like fat Thor, like landed in the middle of the intersection, like looking around at all these, all these moms and kids and cops and protesters, just like thinking, how the fuck do I get to Equitas before they close? And I see the last goddamn bird scooter left downtown. And I'm like, this is it. This is, this is my chariot. And I leapt on that thing, and it's got like one little thing of battery left. So I go flying down the street at eight and a half miles an hour. <laughs> Knock off target lesbian boots, quickly fraying booty shorts, sweated through anti-cop crop top, down Long Street to the clinic. And if you guys know Pride in Columbus, there's only one way out of the fucking city during that parade, and it's Long Street. 
and I'm taking up a whole goddamn lane. I got like eight Pataskala soccer moms and their Escalades behind me, like beeping their horns because they had to come down and pretend to give a shit for three hours, but they don't get back to the suburbs before then, their hair will burst into flames. And I'm just like, don't beep at me, it might fall off, I don't know how this works. I finally get to the clinic and I run in there, like five minutes to close, and I go panting, leaning over the thing, and just like, the angriest, saddest little twink on the planet, the one little gay that didn't get to go to Pride because he had to work, was behind the counter, and he walks over, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> Pat Deering, I'm here for like, I don't know, something like azithromycin or something. And he doesn't even look because there's only one bag left on the shelf behind him. He just reaches over and he grabs it and he slaps it down the counter in front of me. And he goes, you know how to use this, right? And I'm like, no, actually, first, first time. <laughs> and, he, and he leans over the counter at lesbian shin boots, blown out on one side, booty shorts, anti-cop crop top, and goes, sure and stalks back off into the office and slams the door behind him. So that's how I didn't find out that you need to take that shit with food. Uh, otherwise, you will barf it back up on your cat like half an hour later and then have to go back in Monday morning anyways and get another, another fucking dose of those goddamn horse pills. God, they're huge. They're like this. Um, oh, horses. I hate horses. God, I hate horses. Um, any, my, oh, I'm just going to do it. I always get a little nervous when I start this joke because um, I'm always afraid that some Megan with a Y is just going to like charge the stage and like spear me through the fucking window <laughs> for having the audacity to talk down to horses. <laughs> but they're, they're awful. They're, they're giant, like stomping, kicking, crushing, biting, pooping murder machines. They'll, they'll rip your face off if you let them. And... <sighs> They're one of the only two animals that ever grows up to become a cop. <laughs> you can't, <laughs> can't trust a horse. God. Uh, uh, I can't do it. Um, <laughs> no, that, I just and I and I was um, you know I was recently down in Lexington with the, the aforementioned boyfriend. And there, there's like two things you can do in Lexington, Kentucky. And that's drink bourbon and stare at horses. Like that's, that's, the, in, that's the entire economy in, in that city is booze and horse looking. And, and so we, we do what you do. We went to Keeneland, um, which is where they keep like the expensive horses. And, you know, we're taking the tour through there and we're going like down the middle and they, they got the horses and they're like little horse cubicles on, on either side of the barn and stalls. Yeah. And we're like, we're like about halfway through the, uh, halfway through the tour. When I start getting like the world's most heinous fucking stomach pain, like crippling bent over cramps and I fall down against one of these stall doors and to my horror, I look up and the biggest of the stomping, kicking, crushing, biting, pooping murder machines is like right here. Just like breathing down the side of my face and I'm positive that if I, if I look away, another tiny little horse mouth is gonna come out of the big horse mouth and just, just Ellen Ripley me, just, just whoop, that'll be it. But somehow this is not what happens. This horse 
seeming to understand that I'm in that I'm in pain, uh, appears to take pity on me, and instead of crushing my face, just reaches down its giant, awful mouth full of oversized people teeth, <laughs> and just ever so gently nuzzles the side of my face. And for, for a split second, I got it. I understood what that girl with the four different colored inhalers was telling me in middle school about horses. And I put my hand on the side of its giant head, and I looked deep into one of its big old fishbowl eyeballs. <laughs> and I shit my pants. <laughs> and not, not a little. This was, if I hadn't been wearing a belt that day, I would have had to have bought a new hat. But I'm feeling better now, so I push myself up off that horse stall, and I'm like, all right, cool, this is, I'm good now. And I waddle my way back over to the tour group, and it's, you know, about 40 seconds later, people are like, what the fuck is that smell? Like, when they were looking around, and I'm like, oh, God, yeah, you're telling me. Like, whoo, horses, Jesus, they stink. Especially Bruiser over here. And it knew what I did. It knew. It knew that at 30 years of age, I just shit my pants and blamed it on a horse. Yeah, and this is, this is actually why I ask at the start of shows if we're still inside a 270, because that horse is out there looking for me. God. Yeah, so um, you might be wondering why I shit my pants at 30 years of age in a tour and blamed it on a horse. Um, it's because, uh, yeah, that uh, boyfriend, pediatrician, and kids are fucking gross. It was norovirus. Yeah, which usually just like bothers rich people on cruise ships. Um, yeah, uh, it's bad. You fire from both ends for like 48 hours. It's, uh, it's horrific. Um, he's brought home like everything. Like every possible thing that you can catch, he's brought home. And so I've caught all of it. Um, we had a whooping cough scare uh, recently because uh, Central Ohio is the Midwest capital of the anti-vaxxer movement. So that's super neat. Yeah, and that's a real neat thing to have to like call your Irish immigrant mom about and be like, hey, you remember that wacky-ass Victorian nonsense disease that like killed your younger brother and chased your whole family across the Atlantic? <laughs> well, it's back because Janet won't put a fucking needle in her little crotch gremlins. And yeah, you, you saved up all your money to escape the IRA and whooping cough, and now your firstborn's going to die of it in Columbus, Ohio anyways. Truly, the Irish story. <laughs> That's actually what Angela's Ashes is about. Um, <laughs> no one has ever laughed at that before. <laughs> oh, God. I'll, I'll, I'll leave you on this, you guys. Um, you might be wondering why I came here, like, shirt tucked in, looking like a total corporate piece of shit. And that's uh, that's because I am a total corporate piece of shit. Um, I work in the insurance industry. Um, yeah. Oh, it's a nightmare. Uh, it's not for the reasons you'd think, though. I know a lot of people are always kind of like, ooh, like the out gay in corporate America. That can't be great. And you know, it's it's really actually not that bad. Um, you know, corporations are all about the big D these days, you guys. Yeah, diversity. They love that shit. They eat it up. They got budgets for, vice presidents of. It is great. And nothing, believe me, nothing sends you rocketing up the corporate ladder like being an overly educated white gay. It's just like, whoop. It's wonderful. Um, it's also kind of horrifying because it's literally affirmative action. Um, so just another thing that gay white men stole from black women. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a mess. But yeah, you know, it's corporate America, insurance company. You know, it's, it's not that bad being the, the gay. Except for, uh, you know, when shit goes wrong. Because you guys have heard all that awful stuff that right-wing preachers and Bible people like to blame on the gays, right? Things like tornadoes, <laughs> floods, hailstorms, fire raining down from the heavens, locusts eating your crops. That's a real bitch for the bottom line if you're the number one farm and ranch insurance provider in the country. Yeah, I can assure you, nobody underwriting appreciates it when you walk in Monday morning, head held high, even though you know full well that you're the one that blowjobbed up the last hurricane. <laughs> yeah, it was a claims load deering, they used to call me. Just a horrible nickname. I think it means I got hand jobs that'll flood basements. It's actually excluded. It's, Exclusion, that's exclusion number four in your basic standard <laughs> HO8 homeowner's line policy form. Don't go looking for blowjob floods. It's all floods. We're not that pedantic. <laughs> that's it for me. God bless Pat Deering. That motherfucker makes me laugh so goddamn hard. Go back. Check out his episode. Check out Peter Breck's episode. Check out Olivia Smith's episode. Hell, just go ahead and just re-listen to the whole fucking catalog. I don't care. Do it all. But thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. And that's that's all we have for today. I think we've used our, our compilation episode card uh, for this year. So now I have to get on the ball and make some new content. So keep your eyes out. We're going to be doing some cool shit. This program is produced by Lampshade Media. Hosted by Mel Milliman. Music by Tyson Shipman. Graphic design by Griffin Browning. Social media by Sam Welch. Voiceover by Ryan Branch. And a special thank you to our sponsors, Paddy Wagon Food and The Garden.